What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another hour of Football Full Circle. It's going to be college this hour, bringing in Rich Ciaramanello, host of College Football Today. Excited to have him here, along with my co-host, George Kurtz, as well. You can find all of our activity on Twitter, at SportsGrid, on Instagram, at TV. But we bring in Rich first. Rich, first of all, what's going on, bud? It's been a, a crazy week in the world. It's obviously impacted college football and NFL football. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's, uh, it's interesting. You're seeing a lot of... Uh, young men like I don't know if you followed the Marvin Wilson story at yes. Florida State that are really recognizing the voices that they have, the influence, the power that they have. Marvin Wilson's a great example. He's a kid who probably should be in the NFL. I think he might have been a first round draft choice had he come out uh, last year. Now this year he's going to be playing college football. We hope there'll be a full college football season. And all of the social unrest that we're seeing obviously uh, has trickled down to college football as well. Yeah, look, I, I think I, I, I'm really supportive of these young players that in the past didn't have a voice, right? George and I have talked about Marvin Wilson specifically uh, in another show, but I think it's indicative of players being able to use their voice in a way that they weren't able to use before. Now, we all know that younger kids sometimes get themselves into trouble on social media, but for somebody to voice concerns like this, have a productive conversation with their brand new head coach, I think is a good example of somebody using social media platforms for positive. Now, you know, it might've created an argument, but it opened up some discourse for the team, for the coach, for the player to have some constructive conversations moving forward. I don't think we'll ever know what was said behind the scenes, but I thought it was a positive way to use it. I, I think they all had an opportunity to grow, too. I, I think whenever you have a chance for players, employees, uh, administrators to talk to the people that they're working with, in this case, 
Mike Norvell in Tallahassee with his players. It ended well. The kids were working out again yesterday, so all's well that ends well. But for them to be able to air things out, know where each stands on these issues, I think is great. And then quickly, you've seen a lot of coaches who otherwise in the past might have been concerned about what the ramifications would be for speaking out. I've seen Tom Allen in Indiana, Mario Cristobal uh, at Oregon, a lot of coaches, Sean Clark at App State, have been vi- Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri, have been visibly out there supporting their players and their communities. And I think a lot of good will come out of that. Yeah, I agreed. Well said. So uh, we are going to transition to a topic that isn't always the most fun thing to talk about in college football because it feels a little bit like you're job hunting people and you're trying to be a job monger about this stuff. But that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get an accurate depiction of how really these fan bases view some of these coaches. And uh, we're talking about coaches on the hot seat. I wanted to start out with some of the more obvious discussions, I think, that have occurred really probably through last year and into this offseason. You start out with a couple of the more obvious ones that need to have a good season in order to stick around long term. You got Clay Helton, uh, both USC's, frankly. You got Clay Helton in Southern Cal and Will Muschamp at South Carolina. How do you feel about those guys? Yeah, Clay Helton has been sort of the poster child for hot seat coaches now for the past couple of seasons. Ever since he won the Pac-12 title in 2017, team has gone 13 and 12 over the past couple of seasons. The uh, student body has not been happy with him. Fan base has not been happy. Attendance has been down. And obviously we know that USC has a lot of quality athletes on both sides of the ball. Here's another angle to keep in mind, too. Clay Helton did not do well on the recruiting trail, which is shocking considering uh, the prestige of that program and the location in Southern California. So uh, factor that in, guys, with uh, Mike Bone as the new athletic director. Lynn Swan is out. Bone comes over from Cincinnati. You would think that if Helton and uh, USC struggle again this year, that Bone will be looking uh, for someone that he's worked with in the past and somebody he's comfortable with. Muschamp, yeah, uh, South Carolina, yeah, they have much higher expectations out of the SEC East. Uh, Will Muschamp is 26 and 25 during his career in Columbia. It really models what he did at Florida. Great defensive coordinator. It never really has translated in terms of a head coach. And when you're in the same state as Clemson, nobody expects at this point South Carolina to be where Clemson and Dabo Sweeney are. But when you're in the shadow of Clemson, and you're treading water four and eight last year against a brutally difficult schedule, he's going to have to step it up. And, you know, he he thought he'd have his quarterback back this season, but instead Bentley now is in uh, Salt Lake City for Utah. Rich, year in and year out in the NFL, we can can pretty much count Black Monday in January about six to eight coaches being fired. It seems to always happen year year in and year out. Of the top programs in college football, is there a same number? Is there a number that you expect to be fired? And I'll ask you another question. We're a gambling network. If you were going to put money down on somebody who you'd be shocked if they're not fired by the end of the year, whether it's because of one loss record, bad attendance, bad recruiting, whatever, give me your number one guy that you do not expect to be working at the end of the college football season. George, you bring up a fascinating topic. It's where I wanted to go. And for anybody who's watching, we did not discuss this during a break. <laughs> it was not in production call. So I'm really happy. George and I are developing, after a couple of shows, a little bit of a Vulcan mind link here. Here's something to keep in mind. Uh, I think this is going to be a fascinating coaching carousel, hot seat, uh, once we get to December and January. A couple of things to keep in mind. 
Uh, we now know how strapped a lot of these programs are from a financial perspective. Usually, we start to discuss things like contract buyouts. We'll look and say, all right, this guy's been terrible. Derek Mason has been terrible at Vanderbilt, but the buyout is X amount of dollars. And for a lot of these schools, we're talking well into the seven digits. In light of what is happening on these campuses, it's going to be a heck of a lot tougher for uh, a university to eat that contract or the remaining years of those contract. We would be able to do it in the past, not so much going forward, number one. And number two, the narrative has changed. We're, we're now going to have coaches who are going to say, hey, wait, how could you fire me at this particular time? We had no spring football. Everything was chaotic. We started the season late. Four of my players decided they didn't want to play any longer because of their concerns about their health. Whatever the case may be, I'm really curious. Typically, we have about 20 to 25 coaches in college football at the FBS level uh, who are either let go or take a promotion someplace else, NFL or otherwise. I think that number is going to be a lot lower. That's a long-winded answer to get back to where we started, George, which is my money's on Clay Helton. If he's anything but a Pac-12 champ this season, I think Mike Bone goes in a different direction, may even want to try to bring Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, who we worked with, over to Los Angeles. That actually makes sense. That name makes a lot of sense to me as well, because uh, Luke Fickle has really been on the radar of other Power Five programs, notably Boston College this offseason. So uh, I would say that I think you're right. I think we saw the impact of that, uh, Rich, to some extent uh, in college basketball. Not as many jobs changed hands for it was far more complicated with basketball because you couldn't interview anybody in person there was very few jobs uh, that got turned over if it didn't happen by late february it just really didn't happen at all save for a couple of examples so i think you're right i, I think buyouts and everything uh, associated with that would become more complicated so couple of guys that are high-profile coaches. It feels like they just got there, but it also feels like the pressure is ramping up. I don't know if Kevin Sumlin, Kevin Sumlin was ever a fit at Arizona. People doubted him from the very start, but now people are saying, well, what are we waiting for? We need to be winning the Pac-12 if this guy's going to be here uh, pulling down a big contract. Scott Frost at Nebraska, I think expectations are high, but realistically, I think the, the heat on the seat is pretty low. Uh, but what do you think of those two? Yeah, Kevin Sumlin would be number three on my list of hot seat coaches at this point, even after just two seasons. Mike, nine and 15 in his two years in Tucson. And uh, I looked it up before this show. Going back to the Texas A&M days, six consecutive years with at least five losses. So, you know, take out of the picture his years in Houston, where he was very good. That was the launching pad for him to get the job in the SEC with the Aggies. But post-Johnny Manziel, didn't get it done at Texas A&M. Struggling at Arizona, I think he poorly used, I think he misused Khalil Tate over the past couple of seasons. Now he has a young quarterback in Grant Gunnell, 6'5", 6'6", kid. He has to really improve. He has now fallen behind Herm Edwards in Arizona State. Uh, and that could really cost him in the long term. Now, in terms of Scott Frost, I put him in that category of coaches that really, really need a big 2020, but job is safe at this point. I'm a big fan. And Nebraska, it's not the 80s or the 90s any longer. I, you're not getting back to the Tom Osborne days. I think there's still a lot of potential, though. See, I, I've thought all along, guys, that Nebraska could be what Wisconsin is in the Big Ten West, 
You're not Ohio State. You don't have all of the attention of Michigan. But if you're winning the West every year, every couple of years, the way Wisconsin does, I think that's where Scott Frost needs to get the Huskers. Rich, how about a couple of former NFL coaches, Chip Kelly at UCLA and Lovey Smith at Illinois? Yeah, Lovey's in trouble. You know, last year got him to a bowl game. But, you know, I mean, you get him to a bowl game at 6 and 6. I, the three of us could form a staff and probably get a, a program to a bowl game these days. Lovey has struggled badly. It doesn't have many quality wins. Got the big one last year against Wisconsin. That was an outlier. Chip Kelly, I, I mean, are you guys as surprised as I am that he's been as bad he's, as he's been since leaving Oregon? I, I have been. I, I think he was a really dynamic coach. I'll say that there are other coaches now that have been proven their ability to be dynamic offensively as well. And I just don't think Chip really cares enough about recruiting to get it done. I think that's the bottom line. I don't think he likes doing it. That's been the rumors forever, and I think it shows. Yeah, 7-17, seven and 3-9 and nine in his debut, and didn't inherit a lot of talent at UCLA, so you give him a pass. A lot of people thought that last year, 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, they wind up going 4-8, and eight. And, and a lot of that offensive ingenuity, the inventiveness that we saw with the quack attack in Eugene. I mean, he, he had taken college football by storm at that point. Uh, no doubt. I just don't see it any longer. And and now that we're in year three, if it's another treading water, five and seven, maybe six and six type season, UCLA needs a lot. Of, look at the Pac-12 South in general. We've already talked about USC and Clay Helton, UCLA and Chip Kelly. Arizona and Kevin Sumlin. I mean, half of that division is in trouble from a coaching perspective. Yeah, and UCLA and USC in particular. You mentioned a new AD at USC, also a new AD in UCLA. You got to deal with buyouts and all the complications that are associated with that uh, during this time. But it's never a, it's never great when a new athletic director comes in and he isn't the one that hired you, or there's not a pre-existing relationship. I think it's. I think. I think anybody would get nervous about having a new boss like that when he's got to put his stamp on the program, Rich. Yeah, and, and if Chip Kelly doesn't work out at UCLA, where does he go from there? It's a really interesting question. I don't, I didn't think he was great on television, but that might be his route. He's he's sort of done everything he can do from a head coaching standpoint. I don't know that he wants to take orders from anybody else to be an offensive coordinator. We're going to come back. We'll talk about pitch-catch combos in college football. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. 
Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Back on FFC, talking with Rich Shermanello, George Kurtz about college football. And what we wanted to get to in this segment is the next wave of pitch and catch combos. Some of these names will be familiar, but really wanted to get a sense of who the next uh, explosive duo was going to be. Last year, we saw Joe Burrow throwing the ball at both Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase remains at LSU, but uh, we have seen the other two move on to the NFL. So trying to get a sense of who the next pitch-catch combos are that are going to take college football by storm. So let's just start with uh, Trevor Lawrence because he's the presumed number one pick on the draft. I'm not guaranteeing that, but the presumed number one pick on the draft, people have been talking about lose for Lawrence and tank for Trevor for two years now, right? But his top target, Justin Ross, it was announced this week, Rich, he's going to have to undergo season-ending surgery on a spinal fusion condition, a congenital spinal fusion condition in his neck. Um, he's saying he's going to shock the world, come back and play. It doesn't seem particularly likely to me for his long-term health. But with him being out, who steps in? Yeah, it was funny. Uh, the, the day that I really started to discuss or, you know, sometimes you have these thoughts go through your mind. Uh, uh, we're all content creators. And I was thinking pitch and catch combos. And I'm like, well, Trevor Lawrence to, to Justin Ross. And it was later that day that it was announced that he has this congenital issue. Now, to your point, he's saying he'd like to come back. We'll have to wait and see. But it's Clemson. And just like Ohio State or Alabama uh, or Oklahoma, you know there's someone waiting in the wings. Now, the, the veteran is going to be Amari Rogers. I don't think he's necessarily a number one. The number one to keep an eye on, and we've talked a lot in the last couple of weeks about breakout players, Joseph Nagata had been pegged as the breakout star who was going to sort of uh, be the apprentice uh, uh, to Justin Ross. Now that Ross is out, Watch Joseph Nagata. He's a kid from Folsom, California. Uh, came to Clemson 6'3", 215 pounds. Sort of got his feet wet last year. You know he has the freakish physical ability. Now that it's time for him to step up as possibly the number one, keep an eye on Trevor Lawrence to Joseph Nagata if those guys have enough time this summer to get comfortable with one another. You know what? Yeah, talking about it just made me think about something. All right, Trevor Lawrence... We know he's a top five pick next year, maybe the number one pick overall. As Mike said, tank for Trevor, lose for Lawrence, however you want to call it there. Do you think, I'm a conspiracy guy here, so I love to bring some of this stuff up. <laughs> Do you think his camp has given any thought, you know what, no matter what happens this college season, I'm a top five pick next year. I just lost my top receiver. 
Ross may think he's coming back, but odds are he's not. Why am I playing this year? What do I have to gain by playing this year? Yeah, I, I, I think it, he's probably had those discussions. I think he's a special kid. Uh, I've gotten to know him relatively well. I think he's going to really be someone who takes an NFL city by storm, not just in terms of on-field, but off-field as well. But I don't know what's in his heart right now. I, I really don't. You know, there are some kids, once they get to this point, that they want to spend one more year with their teammates. They, they want to continue to strive for championships. They have this love affair with that campus and that fan base, the student body. That might be Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. But purely from a business decision, George, I don't think he'd lose a thing by sitting out this season. I actually think he yeah. could have more to lose than to gain at this point. I, I, I know there are areas for improvement. He had too many picks early last year, so he still needs fine-tuning. He's not the second coming just yet. But if he were to sit out this season, I don't think it affects his draft stock in any way. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you're right. I think there's a chance that he could fall, and the guy, one of the guys we're going to talk about in a minute – Justin Fields could overtake him or somebody else could. But I think if he sat out, he's the number one pick. I think people would – he can sit on his resume. I don't think he's going to do it, like you said. But I don't think he's going to do it either. But, I mean, I just if – you, if you guys were his, his advisor, his main advisor, you're his dad, his uncle, brother, whatever, agent, non-agent, would you advise him? To, I understand football players want to play, and he wants to play, be with his teammates. But if you're his father and you know, son, you have nothing to gain here. You can only hurt yourself, lose money. You might get hurt. You might get cold, whatever. You know, you might end up wrecking your leg, wrecking your arm, whatever might happen here. I just don't understand you. From a business perspective, it just makes no sense to play. Yeah. You have nothing to gain. It, here's the problem, George. He can win the Heisman Trophy and the national championship. He is on that level. To deny himself or me, his dad or older brother, to say, I think it's a better idea for you to pass all that up. I think that would be hard for any 19-year-old. I think he's only 19 right. still to grasp. That's why you need someone who's trusted to advise you of this, in my mind. That's fame and glory. I want to get paid. I want money. I get it. I, I think know? that's why it's, guys, I think it's just a personal decision. I, 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 For me, if I was advising, I would actually say to play. Um, I think just from... Uh, from a business perspective, a branding perspective, an endorsement type deal, he's still going to get them. Uh, but I think his brand would actually, because he's a quarterback and because, you know, he, he looks the way he does and he has this sort of um, uh, this uh, franchise QB type look to him with the long locks, I think it would actually hurt his brand. I, I think there would be a lot of people and a lot of fans who would be pissed off if he just back down on his teammates. Now, Joey Bosa, uh, uh, Nick Bosa did it a couple of years ago where he probably could have come back, decided to sit out the season with the stomach injury. I don't think as a defensive end it affected him as much, but as a franchise quarterback, I think it would put a lot of pressure on the kid if he walked away from his teammates and his fine. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I think it would hurt his brand. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult. It's an interesting question, and I understand both. I understand your side of it completely, George. I just don't think in this instance he will, uh, even though I wouldn't judge him one bit if he did. So I don't. I don't but, think he will either. But yeah. uh, 
I just, I just like to bring it up. I just, I don't, I don't think injured players in Trevor Lawrence's position. I don't think injured players are going to rush back any longer no, for, no, no. for the stretch run. I, yeah. I, I think just that, like what Bosa like, did and exactly. Harold Landry in the past and other guys exactly. in the past, they could have come back and won't. Well, let's uh, go back to the pitch catch combos. I, you know, I, I referenced him. So I'll ask about Justin Fields. We see all the Ohio State receivers. You know, there, there's like five or six teams every year, Rich, that have a shot to win the title, it seems like. Only those five or six. And those five or six pump out pros at a ridiculous rate. Uh, everybody knows Mike Thomas went to Ohio State. But just in the last couple of years, Terry McLaurin, Paris Campbell. We've got guys coming out of Ohio State every year who's this year's potential superstar on the Ohio State front. Yeah, I got, I got a couple, and then I'll and I'll throw you a quick curveball. In terms of Ohio State, the steady force this year is going to be Chris Olave. Uh, sort of was in the shadow over the past couple of seasons, despite having 12 touchdown catches a year ago. He is going to be the veteran force for Justin Fields. But the name to watch kind of reminds me of that Ross Nagata type situation. Uh, is going to be Garrett Wilson. He is one of the breakout superstars, showed flashes last year, fantastic athlete, uh, great eye-hand coordination, does an outstanding job in terms of his ball skills for, for such a young receiver. Garrett Wilson is going to be the emerging superstar. Chris Olave is going to be the steady force. And I'm just going to kind of get off script a little bit real quick. How in the hell did Georgia allow... <laughs> Justin Fields to get out of Athens. I mean, I understand you had Jake Fromm, and I'm not going to take any shots on Fromm and some of the stuff that he said socially. That's not the topic I'm going to go. But in, just in terms of pure talent, you had Justin Fields on your campus. Why not make him your starting quarterback a year ago? Yeah, it's. I, I think it's a difficult position sometimes these coaches are in, but I think I think you got to take the L here if you're Kirby Smart. Yeah, I, I, I think you could have had two years worth of Justin Fields versus one final C. And he had no idea of knowing that Jake Fromm was going to leave last year, which I thought was a silly mistake. But one year of Jake Fromm versus two years of Justin Fields, uh, it, it looks like a miscalculation for Smart. All right, Rich, let's talk about Sam Howell at UNC. Yeah, I, I God, I, I love these young quarterbacks that you know you know they're going to be good. You're you're shocked at how good they are this fast. Talked a little bit about Keaton Slovis at USC. Sam Howell is the best young quarterback in the country, bar none. Set the record last year for touchdown passes by a true freshman in a single season. Not only is he a year older with his entire staff back. But every one of his top receivers return as well. Big play receiver, Diami Brown, Daz Newsom, both of those guys have 1,000-yard potential. And their offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, from the state of New Jersey, has been around great wide receivers throughout his entire career, most recently at Ole, uh, Ole Miss, where he had uh, DK Metcalf, and he had all of those quality receivers who are now in the NFL. Now he's got the same situation at Carolina. So if you're looking for upstart, perhaps sleeper teams, Mac Brown and Carolina have a very high ceiling this year. I can't believe it. I really can't believe it that Mac, Mac is, is back. I know. That Mac is back and he is getting it done. I wish he hadn't left the first time, but I got to argue with it. He had he's success. Like he's recruiting the hell out of the region. I know. 
that's the thing that's staggering too is that you would think, well, you know what? He's going to have a hard time. His message isn't going to resonate so much. He's a 70-year-old guy and he is just doing a phenomenal job on the recruiting trail. So for the next few years, however long he decides to stay there, he's laying a great foundation. We talked about it when he was the head coach the first time. This program is a sleeping giant. It has been for decades. It is a good to great high school recruiting base. Yep. It's an awesome campus. The, the, the fans are in love with the basketball team, obviously, but they support the football team too. I just always found it odd that they had these such long valleys and, and, and struggles. I, I, it, it makes sense that they can be really good. I just can't believe Mac has to be the one to get them back there. Let me, but we've got like two minutes. So I want to talk about somebody a little bit off of the top five radar. We'll talk about some of these quarterback receiver combos in the American Athletic Conference. What do you think? Yeah, there's three that come to mind, and I, I really like the small schools. A lot of times we forget about these, but three that come to mind, uh, Memphis, Brady White to DeMonte Coxie. You probably, not you guys per se, but a lot of the fans haven't heard of DeMonte Coxie. He's going to be an NFL wide receiver, uh, just an all-around versatile threat, special teams, jet sweeps as a wide receiver, White to Coxie. White began his career at Arizona State, by the way. Another transfer quarterback in the AAC, Shane Bouchelle. SMU to Reggie Roberson. Roberson had an opportunity to declare for the NFL draft, not healthy at the end of last season, instead decides to return. Those are the top two in a conference that is just loaded with great pitch and catch combos. Yeah, good stuff. We're going to come back after the break, talk about some of the defensive breakout stars in college football for the 2020 season. So again, it's Mike, Rich, and George right here on The Grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. 
tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Hey, everyone. Back here on FFC. Uh, find Rich Germanello on Twitter at Rich Germanello. George is at George Kurtz. I'm at Mike Blewett. Nice and easy. No fancy uh, nicknames there on Twitter. But what we do want to talk about is some of the fancy defensive players that are going to break out this season. So, look, I, I think the best way to get started is to, to uh, the topic that I'm most interested in. Because they lost so many players, they, look, they win the title. I'm happy for Ed Orgeron and Joe Burrow and everybody else. But they lost a ton of people. They got 14 guys drafted. It tied a record uh, in the modern draft era. But they're known to replenish these defensive backfield stars, Rich. So whom is it that is going to pick up the mantle for some of the guys that just left? It's fun, isn't it, Mike? I, I find it fun to have these new stars that we get a chance to rally around and watch and evaluate uh, for the next two, sometimes three seasons before they go off to the NFL. I've got a pair out of that secondary. Uh, Cordell Flott is the corner Combine him with Darryl, uh, Derek Stingley. I, I think you've got one of the best corner combos in all of college football. True freshman last year. Again, you see flashes, and that's it's kind of hard sometimes because it's late in games oftentimes, maybe blowouts. But you start to see flashes of players that once they get their opportunity, they're going to be all SEC, all league caliber. So number one is Cordell Flott from, uh, from a corner standpoint. And then Marcel Brooks is the is the safety, kind of a hybrid between an outside linebacker and a safety, sort of a tweener. But man, he hits. He covers a lot of ground. He's sort of that uh, that current generation of defensive back that you could do so many different things with. You could move him around. Uh, think think Isaiah Simmons, right? It's that kind of a player. Simmons begins his career as a safety for Clemson kind of a, a, a freelance between linebacker and safety. Marcel Brooks is that kind of a player. Can't wait to see him now that he's going to get more reps this season. Rich, talk to me about Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Yeah, you know, George, I mean, it's it's Alabama. Uh, you expect the, you know, next man in when it comes to defensive line. And Jonathan Allen goes to the Redskins. And then Quinnen Williams, who we barely talked about, a couple of seasons ago, just blows up into an All-American and an individual awards candidate. Christian Barmore is that type of an interior lineman, 6'6", 290, 295 pounds. And, you know, unlike certain nose tackle, defensive tackles, where, you know, you want them to occupy multiple linemen, you want them to be a run defender. I love players like Christian Barmore, like Javon Kinlaw, who's now in the NFL first round. First round, I think, right, guys? First round. Yeah, draft. yeah. Absolutely. He's that type of a player, Barmore, where he got some reps last year, but now he's going to be the guy on the defensive line, and he can penetrate, he can bust through gaps, he can create havoc in backfield. So you don't know the name now, but remember the name Christian Barmore. He's a budding superstar. So uh, we, we talk each and every year, it seems now, that we have an opportunity to have an Ohio State pass rusher potentially be 
the number one pick in the draft, or at least the first defensive player uh, picked in the draft. We saw it with uh, the Bosa brothers. We see it with Chase Young. And now who's the next guy to continue the lineage of standout pass rushers from Ohio State? Yeah, I, I'm not suggesting he's going to be Chase Young. That would be unfair. Chase, I think, is is on a different, and, and the Bosa brothers are on different planes unto themselves. He's got big shoes to fill, but Zach Harrison appears to be the next man in in terms of the great elite game-wrecking pass rusher that we've become so accustomed to in Columbus. I had a chance to interview uh, Larry Johnson. I was doing a story on Chase Young earlier this year. And, you know, once, once we were done with the Chase Young interview, had a chance to sort of do some advanced scouting and say, Coach, you've, you've been around just an unbelievable amount of great defensive linemen in the Big Ten back to your Penn State days. Who's up next? Who replaces Chase Young? Who takes over? And you could tell he didn't want to gush because the kid is young and he doesn't want to blow up the ego just yet. But you could just tell by talking to him, just keep an eye on Zach Harrison. You know, he's a kid that we've really spent a lot of time with. 6'6", 275, gets around the edge very quickly. Great lateral speed. Uh, I, again, don't know if he's going to be Chase Young, guys, but he has that potential to be a future first-round draft choice. Well, Rich, you can't talk about Ohio State without talking about Michigan. So how about Cam McGron? Yeah, you know, Cam uh, uh, played very well last year, gobbled up a lot of tackles, was still a little bit raw. When when you talk about off-ball linebackers, not that traditional middle linebacker, an off-ball linebacker, somebody who can get around the edge, either drop back into coverage or pressure the quarterback, Don Brown, the defensive coordinator at Michigan, does a fantastic job of coaching up these kids to be versatile linebackers. Cam is the next man in when it comes to that kind of a kid who could defend the run, pressure the backfield, gobble up tackles for loss, really plays the game with a chip on his shoulder. And I think he's an all Big Ten linebacker after just scratching the surface of his potential in 2019. So we talked about in a previous segment about Chip Kelly in Oregon and the quack attack, and they've become more known for, they, or at least they started to develop a reputation for having standout offensive stars, Marcus Mariota among them. But it seems that Mario Cristobal has, has stocked the shelves with a bunch of defensive standouts for 2020. So who are a few of those guys? Yeah, it, it's interesting you bring up Cristobal, Mike, too, because uh, Mario Cristobal used to be a head coach at Florida International, did a really nice job with that program, and then was unceremoniously dumped, which is which is something I think the program has regretted ever since. And then he, he basically revived his career under Nick Saban as an offensive line coach for Alabama and then took those lessons he learned in Tuscaloosa and brought that mentality, that mindset, up to Eugene. Now, they still play offense. Obviously, we saw Justin Herbert play very well. C.J. Verdell, the running back, uh, returns this season. So they still have offensive playmakers. But the defense for the Ducks might be one of the biggest surprises in 2020, especially for people who don't follow college football that closely, I'm going to throw three names out to you. Kayvon Thibodeau, who was honorable mention all Pac-12, could be an individual award winner this year, could be an All-American after what he did last season. Kid from South Central L.A., double-digit sacks a year ago. I think he goes from that, where he used mostly his physical ability, his length, his speed, now he's able to take what he has learned in his first season and really develop into a superstar pass rusher. 
And this is something that you would rarely hear when talking about Oregon. I think they have one of the top five defensive backfields, one of the top five pass defenses in the entire country. Uh, Javon Holland, safety, will play in the NFL. Thomas Graham, cornerback, one of the top cover corners in the entire country. Brady Breeze, coming off an outstanding finish to last season, the safety. Uh, Diamador Lenoir, they are loaded with talent up and down. One of the top five defensive secondaries in the entire country. And I think most people don't know any of these names at this point. Rich, I'm going to put this in the category of uh, this is my show, and I can pretty much talk about whatever I want. <laughs> uh, now, Mike and I both play in a, uh, a dynasty IDP league, and uh, Mike's in the other conference, so this, you're not helping me over, Mike, and those players are gone anyway. I'm thinking about making a trade up for either Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray. Which one's going to have the more productive NFL career? What, what do you value most of all? What, what, what is the statistic? Tackles, tackles. tackles more than anything about else? Tackles. Yeah, I would go Patrick Queen. I, I think Patrick Queen is the more complete player. I saw too many consistencies out of Kenneth Murray, outstanding football player. He'll give you more flash than overall consistency. He'll give you the highlight reel hit, Kenneth Murray will, more so than Patrick Queen. But in terms of athleticism, sideline to sideline speed, instincts, I would take Queen over Kenneth Murray. Why did he have to go to the Ravens? I knew you were going to say that, Rich. And, like, I'm a Steelers fan, and I just knew that when Queen fell to them, I was like, unbelievable. Perfect they have hit, another right? middle linebacker that's going to terrorize this division for the next decade. But yeah, Murray has all of the physical skills, but there were many times while he was at Oklahoma where I saw missed tackles, uh, missed assignments, uh, wrong spot on the field. He lacks the consistency. Queen was so well coached and is such an outstanding all-around type football player, I think he has a better NFL career. We haven't mentioned the one team that w uh, comes up every every discussion about college football that we haven't mentioned yet is Clemson. So Clemson has obviously put out plenty of defensive stars. They had A.J. Terrell as a first-round pick this year. They have first-round picks on defense every year. So who's the next one coming out of Clemson? Yeah, I mean, the defensive line has been – phenomenal over the yeah. past couple of seasons. In terms of being a pipeline to the NFL, the name I'll be watching, Mike, is Xavier Thomas. Was five-star coming out of high school. Uh, arguably, at least on some list, whether it was Rivals or 247, whoever you watch, the best all-around high school recruit coming out. But he hasn't produced at that level as of yet. He's sort of taking uh, a backstage to some of the other Clemson players. Now is his time. He's in his junior season. Uh, did not did not have many sacks last year. I think he had two, two and a half sacks. So he would get into the backfield, didn't finish. This is his salary run season. So I'm going to be very curious to see whether or not Xavier Thomas gets off the snap very quickly, uh, has the requisite athleticism and upper body strength, but can he put it together this season and have one of those 9, 10, 11 sack season. I know Dabo is expecting it this year. Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator, is expecting it. So Xavier Thomas, more than any one of those Clemson players, has breakout potential. Rich, is there anybody that, I would say that we haven't talked about, but that is not getting any publicity at all that you think deserves some publicity out there on the defensive side of the wall? Individual? Individual. Yeah, there, there's one kid, you know, we... we we haven't really talked much about Notre Dame, which is surprising because I think every conversation in college football, we always go to Notre Dame. There, there's one player on the defensive side that I just love. It's Kyle Hamilton, 
super smart kid, uh, outstanding instincts, but he also has the physical ability. 6'4", 210 pounds. I watched him on film. 6'4", 210, you think, all right, big hitter, has those big hitting, uh, that big hitting ability, very physical player, but outstanding cover skills as well. So Kyle Hamilton got a lot of playing time for Brian Kelly as a true freshman. I think he goes from being a little bit green last year, and again, mostly using that physical ability, like I said, like uh, with Kayvon Thibodeau, where you rely so much on your physical ability, not so much the instincts. I think he puts it all together and is the star of that ND defense this season. How about one smaller school guy before we go to break, uh, before you get out of here? One smaller school guy that you think has the chance to, it doesn't have to be Division Two or anything like that, but Group of Five guy that can impress people and maybe become that first-round draft pick that becomes talked about more between January and March than any other time. Because I love his name so much and because he'll probably finish the season with 200 tackles, how about Blaze Allridge from Rice? That guy sounds like a football player. Blaze Allridge, linebacker. I think he's good for about 175 tackles this season. Good stuff, Rich. Thanks. He's the co-host of College Football Today. He'll join us here each and every week on FFC. Talk to you soon, Rich. Thanks, Mike. We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Hey, everybody. Get on the grid right here with George and I, football full circle, closing out this hour talking about 
fantasy football, a little bit about the NFL. George and I are in this super complicated dynasty league. We talked about it in a previous show, and I realized that after we talked about how complicated our league was, we barely talked about any of the players being drafted into it. So the Dynasty League means you keep everybody year over year. We're doing a rookie-only Dynasty draft right now. You can't pick up veterans off the waiver wire, none of that stuff, until the season starts way down in the end of August, early September is when they open up the waiver wires. But for now, George, uh, we're talking about our drafts. I'll do mine first. Uh, we talked in the previous show, I'll, I'll recap it real quick. Joe Burrow went first overall in my league. That never happens. Running backs and wide receivers are really valuable long-term in dynasty leagues. But the guy who picked first is a new player, A, B. He had literally no quarterbacks that were going to start a game. So he felt like, let me build it with Joe Burrow. Next was Jonathan Taylor. Then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I went with C.D. Lamb. I had options for J.K. Dobbins or DeAndre Swift. I went with the Lamb asset because I think him playing with Dak Prescott long-term, I really like that as an asset. Now, in my draft, George, I didn't have a second-round pick, and I'm about to come up on my third, my second pick of this draft, which is the third round. Now, my quarterbacks in this league are Phil Rivers and Nick Foles. I don't really feel great about that after 2020. So I have it lined up. I'll just say it now because this thing's not going to air until after I pick. But I'm going Jordan Love. Uh, I don't know that I'm in love with him, no pun intended, as a long-term asset. But in two years, after the 2021 season, I think Jordan Love's playing for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to move on. I think it's a two-year transitional period. It's a guess, a little bit of guesswork. But that seems to make the most sense. Try to learn about what your Jordan Love asset is before he hits the back half of that contract. So I can pick other guys, KJ Hamler, a few other names out there that I'm interested in to continue to build out that receiving core. But I think I'm going to go with a long-term asset at QB. What do you think? I said I think that's interesting. Uh, I know I was thinking of similar thoughts to you. In uh, the league that I'm in, I have three quarterbacks, but they're all quarterback threes and Derek Carr, uh, I don't even remember Nick Foles and Gordon Minshew, you know. So uh, Gardner Minshew, Gordon, yeah, whatever. He's not he's not an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry, Jacksonville. So uh, I have issues at quarterback. And when my pick came, I was picking 14th in the first round. Burrow was gone at 110. Uh, I wrestled for a bit. I tried to trade down, couldn't quite make it work out for different reasons. I ended up taking Tua. I once again not expect to help you really much this really much this year, but I needed a quarterback for the future. But I thought the same as you. I don't have a second-round pick just like you. I have an early third-round pick, 303. And I'm like, you know what? I don't expect Tua to help me this year anyway. I could wait and gamble on love. And if he's there, he could help me in two years. I'll have to survive with the you know, the, the mess of quarterback I have now. I didn't want to gamble. And I think Tua could really be a star in this league, so I decided to take Tua there. But I don't mind where you're going. I just didn't have the, uh, I guess, the guts or the, the willingness to wait. And I also know that, knowing me, I think you're a, your league's a t you're four picks away or three picks away. I'd be trying to trade up. But you say your league doesn't trade. My league does. Uh, I, I don't want him that desperately that I feel like I need to give up any more assets, A. And B, I looked at the other teams. I looked at their rosters. I don't think anybody's going to pick a QB. Not the team that's on the clock now or the team that's on the clock, uh, would be on the clock after that. So I really only need to wait two more picks. 
and it'll be Jordan Love. The other options I'm considering are Cole Komet uh, and then K.J. Hamler. Uh, a few of the other ones I had lined up got drafted. Lynn Bowden and Darrington Evans and Devin Duvernay, they all got drafted. So I could go Jacob Eason, but I'd rather have Love than Eason as far as an asset is concerned uh, because I'm not, I'm not positive how the Colts feel about Jacob Eason. They obviously like him, but if they loved him, they would have drafted him a little bit higher. Maybe he does take over for Phil Rivers next year or two years from now. I don't know. But I know Jordan Love is a first-round pick, and he's a quarterback. Those guys play in the league. Yeah, I, I, listen, I read the same as you. I think in two years, they pretty much told Aaron, as soon as we can get out of contract hell, we're moving on. Uh, I think they're wrong, but I think that's what they're going to do. It's, it's what the history tells us. They'd rather move on a year too early than a year too late and go with the younger quarterback. Uh, that, that's an that's what Green Bay wants to do. It's not what I would have done if I was them, but it's what they want to do. But I read it the same as you, and you're likely to have a starting quarterback. How good he's going to be, hey, that's anybody's guess. We never really know what the quarterback's here. So it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun draft. It's probably my favorite draft you know, because we include IDPs. I wish more leagues included IDPs. I wasn't kidding about that question to Rich Sermonello last, uh, last segment. Yeah. I do – I am debating of trying to trade up. It would be a big trade up because I'm around behind you. We're at 205 now. My nearest pick is 303. I want Patrick Queen. I could use a linebacker. And you have uh, to trade up to get him. He went in the first round in my league. He went uh, no, excuse me. He went two, he went 2.03. He he was taken with my pick or 2.04. Uh, the pick that I traded. Yeah, he could have been mine, but I wouldn't have drafted him anyway. Even though I lost Luke Keekley, which I'm devastated about, uh, linebacker not a not an extreme need for me. Um, I can try and find somebody a little bit later in the draft. Plus, I got Bobby Okariki, who was a uh, a rookie uh, linebacker in Indianapolis last year. That I think long term will be the type of cornerstone linebacker that you'd want in IDP leagues. That's my opinion uh, on that. But uh, just looking at some of the other players picked here. J.K. Dobbins, he goes – I'm just trying to move things around. J.K. Dobbins goes third on your side of the draft, George, and I considered him at four, but he drops all the way to nine on my side of the league. So J.K. Dobbins has a little bit of a, a, a different value there. Edwards Hilaire goes first on your side of the league, third on mine. Jonathan Taylor went second in both. Uh, Cam Akers – Expected to probably get that Rams job pretty soon. Our old, our old uh, colleague Mike Florio took him in my league at six, and Cam Akers goes four in yours. Uh, other values. Uh, DeAndre Swift goes first round both leagues. C.D. Lamb goes seventh on yours, fourth in mine. Justin Jefferson went fifth. I really like Justin Jefferson as a player, and I like him a lot as a dynasty asset long term, but... I pick C.D. Lamb over him. I think C.D. Lamb's going to be – it wouldn't surprise me, actually, if Justin Jefferson, personally, people, some people are going to think I'm nuts. It wouldn't surprise me a ton if Justin Jefferson was as good as C.D. Lamb on the pro level. I'm just thinking trajectories higher for Lamb because with the Cowboys. I like their quarterback situation better than Minnesota's and the style of offense that they play. There's the key. Minnesota wants to run the ball. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's what they want to do. That's what Mike Zimmer likes. So that that's the, the, the difference for me right there. The fact that I think CeeDee Lamb's a better player also uh, plays into it. But that alone would make me want Jefferson or, or maybe want Lamb over Jefferson. I could say, listen, it wouldn't shock me, though, if Jefferson has a better year this year. He that's could right. be the number two receiver there where, let's face it, Lamb's going to have to work that way up. Cooper, Gallup is also very good in his own right. So we'll see how that works out. 
But uh, I agree with you. I would have taken Lamb over with Jefferson as well. I was actually a little surprised that my coverage Jefferson went five. That might have been the first pick that I was like, whoa, okay. I thought there were other players I would have taken over him. Uh, I always he went 12th in mind, just for comparison. Right, I, I, that's, where, and that's where I had him. I had more of him toward the end of the first round, not the, uh, not the beginning, middle at best, if you want to go that way. In this kind of league, I always wonder, when's the defensive run going to happen? Because as you said earlier, people love their offensive players. Right? We want to get our running backs. We want to get our wide receivers. People forget that in this league, the defensive points are set up to make them almost as valuable as top offensive players, maybe yeah. 80 85% of them. So well, that's why I always wonder, when's that defensive run going to happen here? Hasn't happened yet. Uh, and I don't think I can wait until 303 for it to happen. That's another 13 14. To give everybody a sense, like a, a, a real, like a top linebacker in this league is more valuable than almost every receiver. Yes. He is right there as one of the most valuable players in the whole league. Now, Chase Young was the first defensive player off the board in our league. I found that to be surprising only because defensive ends don't rack up points like the position I just mentioned, linebacker and defensive tackle and even safety in our league. Defensive ends, it it's hard to find a really good one, so maybe that was the strategy there, but they're typically not huge difference makers on a week-to-week -week basis because peaks and valleys. Defensive ends don't score points consistently, right? Uh, unless you have a guy that has a 20-and-a-half sack season I, kind I, of I deal. Mean, but minimum. That, well, yeah. 15 sacks to really pay off. But yeah, he went first, just, of, uh, first defensive player in my league as well. Yeah, so people obviously like him. He's a, he can potentially be a, a huge uh, defensive player of the year type candidate in the future. But, um, yeah, you, you brought up some interesting points there just in thinking through strategy. And it had me thinking about, in particular, how you approach dynasty leagues. Now, you and I always think that as you approach a dynasty league, if you're doing a startup dynasty league, you try to win that year. Just draft the team to win that year. However, George and I are nine years into a league. We can't, rookie wide receivers have virtually no impact in fantasy consistently. You'll have a couple, DJ, AJ Brown for a stretch of time last year. DK Metcalf had a great season. There's always others that Terry McLaurin had a great season. But on a year over year basis, rookie wide receivers don't burst onto the scene, right? They're averaging, you know, uh, 50 catches and a couple of touchdowns. It's not huge numbers, right? Probably even lower averages than that. But I need to consider when you're, when you're this far into a league, you need to can look at it out three, five years, George, which is why when I'm looking at C.D. Lamb, I'm saying, what does his five-year plan look like? He, prob he probably has the same QB. He might very well have the same head coach if he's successful. One of his teammates is going to move on, whether it's Gallup or Cooper can be up for debate. And C.D. Lamb is there long-term in an up-tempo offense, and that's why I like him. Things change, guys get hurt, all that kind of stuff. I get it. But that's why I'm picking C.D. Lamb over Jefferson uh, in that spot and over all the wide receivers in that spot, Judy, whoever else you want to throw at me. Yeah, I think when it comes to uh, dynasty leagues, in startup dynasty leagues, I'm drifting to win that year. Mainly because, hey, I don't know if a dynasty league is going to be around in three, four years. That's exactly right. I'm only playing in one dynasty league right now. I can tell you over the past five to seven years, I've joined three or four of them, yet this is the only one still going. Yeah. That should tell you something. A lot of these leagues disband. 
people lose interest. They don't like waiting. They don't want to rebuild. That's really the thing they don't want to rebuild. I sort of enjoy rebuilding. You mentioned this is year nine of this. I believe from years three to five or three to six, I was rebuilding. I had to rebuild. I was making as many trades as I could to get future draft picks. I enjoyed doing that. That was fun. Yes, I had to give up the year, but I enjoy rebuilding my team. Now I'm a contender. So I think the most important thing is if you're in a startup dynasty, yes, play to win this year. Flags fly forever. If you're in the middle of a dynasty and you think it's going to last a while, well, then you can afford to take the longer approach here because you know you're going to have that amount of time. Yeah, so that's where we're at. We're happy to answer fantasy football questions if you want to hit us up individually at any time. It's George and I's background, but uh, we're happy to talk all kinds of football uh, this week on Football Full Circle. On behalf of George Kurtz, our former, our previous guest, Rich Germanella, and our producer, Brian Rutkowski, I'm Mike Lewitt. Thanks for watching FFC. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.